to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Mind for Life podcast. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host today, where we help you to learn, think, and live a little bit better. It's great to have you today, and we are in the midst of a series on the 52 essential skills you need for success in business and life. And we have started a free course called the Essential Skills Course, and it's absolutely free for you to join. It's basically a personal development journey where we walk through one of the 52 essential skills every week and uh, for the year of 2018. And we look to improve ourselves and to develop and to get better in each of these 52 areas. And if you're wondering about the 52 essential skills, you can find them at mindforlife.org and click on the 52 essential skills for success in business and life. There's a link to that right under the start here tab at the very top of the homepage. So I want to encourage you to take a look at that. And there's also a free self-assessment that you can download on the homepage and discover yourself. Find out a little bit more about how well you're doing in each of those 52 areas, some of the ones that you do well in and some of the ones that you need some help. And so um, if you are familiar with the Pareto Principle, we want to concentrate our areas or concentrate our time on the top 20% because that's where we get the most return. The bottom 20%, however, is the area that we need work and we can work on those things. So that's what this course is about, is helping you and walking on this journey together to develop ourselves and to get a little bit better in these 52 essential skills. Now, you can also join us on Facebook. There's a Mind for Life Essential Skills Facebook group where we go through um, different resources every week and there's a support time there for everyone to kind of like encourage one another to share their thoughts, to share resources on the skill that we're working on that particular week. And so there's a link to that. By the way, all the links for this podcast, including a link to the 52 Essential Skills, can be found at mindforlife.org forward slash 047. So before we get into it, let me just mention a couple of things. First of all, our sponsor for this program is bluehost.com. If you're looking to host a website, podcast, or even start writing a blog, maybe your resolution in 2018 was to start writing a little bit more, bluehost.com is the hosting site for you. They provide all of the services necessary for you to get on the web and thrive. And by using our link at mindforlife.org, scroll to the bottom of the page, you can get hosting for $3.95 a month. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and do that if that's something you're looking to do. All right, let's get into it. Self-confidence. Self-confidence. One of the 
52 essential skills that I believe you need to succeed, to have success in life. I feel you're going to be more successful in life if you go through life with a bit of confidence. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about narcissism, but I am talking about a, maybe you might want to call it a quiet, deep confidence, a belief in yourself. So what is self-confidence? Self-confidence, and we must make sure that we distinguish it from self-efficacy and self-esteem. I was talking on Twitter with one of my friends um, who that we who we had here on the Mind for Life podcast a couple of weeks back, Dr. Bobby Hoffman. And when I wrote the article on the top benefits and practical ways to build self-confidence, he messaged me on Twitter and asked if I had written that article. And I was kind of nervous. I was like, you know, when an academic, uh, you know, this guy is like a top academic in motivational psychology. When he makes a comment, I was like, oh my gosh, did I get something wrong? You know, so I texted him back and I was like, did I get something wrong on the article? And he was like, no, I really enjoyed it. And he said, most times when we talk about self-confidence, we fail to distinguish between self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-efficacy. And so I want to just kind of in a very basic way, try to distinguish those uh, for you today on the podcast. Self-esteem is the term which revert uh, is the term which refers to the evaluation of your own self-worth. What do you think about yourself? How valuable do you view yourself? as a person. So so this is self-esteem, the value that you place upon yourself. Self-efficacy is about how well you can execute specific tasks or courses of action in your life um that enable you to deal with the situations that you encounter. So self-efficacy is your belief in your ability to succeed in specific situations or your belief in your ability to succeed in accomplishing specific tasks. So self-efficacy, I would say, is a little bit more focused on specific tasks or specific situations. When we talk about self-confidence, self-confidence is, maybe you might say, self-assurance, an assurance in yourself, in your personal judgment, in your abilities, Um and, and it's a little bit more general. It's a general concept of confidence that you have about yourself. So not as focused, not as particular as self-efficacy, and not as general um, as self-esteem. But self-confidence is important in succeeding, not just in business, because when you see movies or we hear stories about successful businessmen, they portray themselves as very confident, right? Um, and, and of course, self-confidence is important to succeed in business, but also in life, 
in your relationships with other people. You need to have a level of self-confidence. And we want to distinguish here between very low self-confidence on one end. And if you if you read the article on self-confidence, it's on the website as well. Uh, you'll see there's a graph there about um, this continuum, this confidence continuum. On one side, there's insecurity on the very low extreme and low self-esteem. And then on the other side of the continuum, there is this uh, idea of overconfidence, arrogance, and narcissism. And guess what? People don't like people who have perceptions or possess these qualities on either extreme. We kind of feel pity and compassion for those on the lower extreme who are insecure, maybe, or who have a low, very uh, a low self confidence. And on the upper extreme, we dislike people who are narcissistic and arrogant and overconfidence. But there's a mean. There's a balance in between. What what we might call healthy self-confidence. And so it's important to have a healthy self-confidence, have a healthy assurance in yourself, to have a healthy belief in your abilities. And there's also some very, very positive benefits, according to science, of having healthy self-confidence. I'm just going to run through them very quickly. And if you want to find the actual scientific research behind these benefits, check out the article, Practical Ways to Build Your Self-Confidence on mindforlife.org. So here there are 12 benefits based on science. So I did the research, looked it up. When you have healthy self-confidence, it increases your general well-being. It improves your overall well-being and the happiness of your life. When you have a good, healthy self-confidence, it increases your motivation to do other things. See, when you're confident, when you believe in your ability to do something or to accomplish something or the general sense of your abilities in life, when you have a belief in that, you're more likely to be motivated to do something, to start new tasks. You have a more optimistic view on things, to take on bigger challenges. When your self-confidence is low, you're a little bit more hesitant. You don't feel like you can do it. And there's uh, a bigger obstacle that you must overcome in order to get started. When you have healthy self-confidence, it improves your overall performance. Science shows that people who are confident perform better. Just think of athletes for an example. Athletes who have to get out on the court or on the field and perform, they're able to measure their level of performance and compare that with their level of self-confidence. And athletes who are more confident perform better. Why? You believe in yourself and it helps push you forward rather than a low self-confidence, which makes you hesitant and, and maybe prevents you from taking risks and doing things that, that will increase your performance. So healthy self-confidence improves your uh, overall performance. It helps you to deal with stress better. The research shows that the higher confidence you have in yourself the more tools you have to deal with the stress factors in your life, you feel optimistic about your ability to handle those things, 
that are causing you stress. If you have low self-confidence, stress in your life can can just help to, you know, make that even bigger and cause you more fear that you're not going to be able to deal with it. So having a good, healthy self-confidence gives you tools to deal with stress factors in your life. It can lead to better overall health. There's something to be said about our thoughts about ourselves and the actual physical well-being that we have in our life. I mean, science has shown the placebo effect that when you think you're taking a medicine, even though it's not a medicine, your body reacts positively And in many cases, people on a placebo do get better just because they think about it differently. So the things that we think actually have uh, real consequences in our physical lives and in your physical health. I'm not saying that if you believe you don't have cancer, you're not going to have cancer. No, but what what the research does show is that having healthy self-confidence does improve your overall general health. Number six, healthy self-confidence can help you to be open to opposing beliefs and attitudes. In other words, it makes you more tolerant. In other words, when you believe in yourself, when you're confident in yourself and in your own beliefs and your values, you're less likely to be defensive. You're open to other perspectives. You don't have to know it all right? So if you have a low self-confidence and someone challenges you, automatically you get defensive. Automatically you put up the walls. Automatically you maybe lash out against their opinion. But having self-confidence, you believe in yourself and you're open to hear what other people have to say. So uh, it does help with that. It lets you... uh, Healthy self-confidence makes you less susceptible to the judgment of other people. When you're confident in yourself, you don't go through life living for the approval of others. And that's a big thing for people, right? Who go through life trying to do things, trying to act in certain ways so that they get the approval of other people. Why do they do that? Because they don't believe in themselves enough. And so when we believe in ourselves. We're less likely to do things just because we think other people want us to do them or other people will like us more. When we like ourselves, when we're confident in ourselves, we're less susceptible to the judgment of others. Healthy self-confidence makes you more likely to be seen as a leader and an influencer. We all know that the top-level leaders and influencers aren't self-confident people. And so we follow them in part because they have a confidence. They know where they're going. They know what they're doing in life. I remember reading a book talking about relationships. And this gentleman was trying to win the affections of a woman, but he kept on groveling. He didn't have direction and vision in life. And that's not an attractive quality. Um, and so he decided to, he, he shares a story of how he was trying to win this woman and woo her, right, and court her, and she didn't want to have anything to do with him. And finally, there was like a trigger that went off in his mind, and he said, listen, I need to stand up here and be confident, have a vision, have a direction for my life, and know where I'm going. And he began to develop that attitude, and this woman began to notice a shift in his self-confidence, 
And, you know, he said to her, hey, uh, I really like you. I'd love to be with you. But if that's not for you, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going in life. I'm moving in this direction. And that's the end of it. Well, well, that's an attractive quality. And she then was attracted to them. They ended up getting married. Not to say that just because having self-confidence will get you married to someone. However, we follow people who are self-confident because it's an attractive quality. So when we have self-confidence, it attracts other people and it helps us to be seen as a leader and an influencer. Healthy self-confidence makes you more likely to set higher goals for yourself. Obviously, an optimistic perception of your uh, abilities to accomplish certain things will enable you to step out and take risks. You believe in yourself more. So it will help you to set higher goals. And when you set higher goals and do things beyond your limitations, it can even lead to greater accomplishment, which then leads to more self-confidence, right? When we get some wins, when we do things and we fulfill them and follow through with them, it just builds up more self-confidence, right? It's called uh, a healthy positively reinforced feedback loop. We have confidence to do something. We do that thing. We're successful at thing at that thing. And then we have more confidence to do something that may be beyond our abilities that stretches us to go further. So we get into this positive loop. Healthy self-confidence can make you more likable. There's research on that. We talked about that. Um, however, overconfidence Narcissism, arrogance can be detrimental to likability. We don't like people who are narcissists. We don't like people who are arrogant. It's just not an attractive quality. So there needs to be balance in between there. Healthy self-confidence can make you more likable. Healthy self-confidence can make you more persuasive. We tend to believe people who believe in themselves. Believe me, I know how this works. Somebody can be completely off base, but their belief in themselves causes other people to believe in them. When you believe in yourself, other people will believe you. Now, that's called manipulation, especially when you know you're do or when you're doing something, uh, either manipulation or naivety, right? Uh, if you are doing something and trying to persuade people, knowing that what you're talking about is not true, you're manipulating them by using your own self-confidence or you're just stupid and you don't know what you're talking about and you're out there on a limb saying stuff that's not true, but people will follow you because of your self-confidence. It tends to make you more persuasive. Obviously, if you've got nothing to back it up, it destroys your credibility. And then we're talking about ethics, which is another effective skill that we'll talk about later. But self-confidence can make you more persuasive and healthy self-confidence can make you more mentally tough and resilient. When you believe in yourself, when you believe in what you're doing, it gives you determination to press on during the difficult times. Why? Because you're optimistic that you can do it. You're optimistic about your abilities to persevere. 
Now, how can you build self-confidence? This is coming from someone who as a kid, and maybe all of us as a kid, struggle with self-confidence, right? We struggle in ourselves with believing in ourselves, and we go through those stages. So how can you build self-confidence in your life? I'm going to give you 12 steps that I think can really help to build self-confidence. The first one is learn new things. If you don't know something, there is uncertainty and doubt, and that is the antithesis of self-confidence. Doubt is not confidence. So when you learn new things, when you possess knowledge about something, when you build an information base about certain things, it increases your confidence. One of the things that greatly increased my own self-confidence was pursuing advanced education, right? Going through a master's degree in leadership helped me to learn new things, right? And to realize the things that I was doing wrong. And when I changed those things and began doing things right, it gave me confidence. You know, pursuing a PhD uh, helped me to learn new things and gave me greater confidence knowing that now, One of the things they say about advanced education is when you learn new stuff, you start to realize that you don't know anything, right? Because when you don't have an understanding of the vast amount of information out there, when you, in other words, you don't know what you don't know, you think you know it all. When you start to learn something about something, you begin to realize, my goodness, I don't know anything. However, learning in a particular area, diving deep in certain areas gives you greater confidence. So if you if if you want to get greater confidence, dive deep into something, become an expert on something, learn new things. Number two, save money. This is going to sound a little bit odd, right? Save money. Well, if you think about it, one of the reasons we're not confident is because of a lack of security. When we don't have the money, the basic uh, finances that we need to meet a particular uh, level of sustenance, it causes uncertainty. Well, uncertainty, of course, is similar to, to a lack of confidence. We're, we're not confident. So if you don't have enough money to make ends meet, you go through life, it gives you a, it causes you to have doubt about your abilities to provide for yourself or to provide for your family. It causes you doubt about whether or not you're going to make it in life. So when you save money, even a little bit, and you get this, this little bit of money that you know that's in the bank, that's there, it gives you greater confidence. First of all, because you know you've got the ability to make funds for yourself but second of all it enables you to have a little bit of a a little bit of a confidence to take risks and do things to step out so when you have money when you have these things uh, that are there in the background rather than living to paycheck to paycheck and this is a this is a different this is actually a whole different arena about budgeting and personal finance and things like that and there's plenty of resources out there um, that you can check out but saving money can give you a little bit more confidence number three master something so learning new things is one thing but mastering something 
when you get better at something, whatever your field is, okay, whatever your skill is, whatever your uh, vocation is, if you're a teacher and you master teaching, you dive deep into it, you get better at it, you become good at it, you become an expert you gain, it builds your confidence. You have expertise. The old adage is uh, 5,000 hours, or I believe it, maybe it's 10,000 hours gives you expertise. And I think that works out to eight hours a day, five days a week for five years. If you do something eight hours a day, five days a week for five years, you are quote unquote considered an expert. And that's been contested because some people said, well, you need to do actual, you can't just do rote duty of doing something. You know, you've got to do new things. You've got to learn more. But when you become an expert at something, it gives you confidence, helps you to overcome imposter syndrome, right? Imposter syndrome is the idea that we are a fake. We're a fraud. We're up here doing this and we don't know what we're talking about. And somebody's going to discover that about us and the whole thing's going to blow up. Well, to overcome that, you develop expertise in an area. You master something. Number four is get some wins. And I'm talking about small wins. When you have some small successes in life, it creates a positive narrative about yourself that can build you up and lead to greater challenges. One of the easiest examples of this is in the Old Testament scriptures, the story of David and Goliath. David was extremely confident uh, in his ability and in his um, perception that God would grant him the victory when it came to fighting the giant. If you read the narrative there, you see him come and say, hey, let me, I will take on this giant. I can defeat him. My God will give me the victory. Well, how did you, how do you know that? Right? The king Saul was not confident in David. David was confident in himself. And Saul said, well, how, how can you be so confident? And what did David say? When I had to fight against the bear, I was successful. When I had to fight against the lion, I was successful. And it will be no different. Right? So David had some prior victories. David had some prior successes. He fought against the lion. He fought against the bear. He was successful. That gave him confidence when it came to fighting the giant. So there's a couple of lessons to be learned there. Number one, don't take on the giant before you've taken on some smaller challenges. And in order to be successful against the giant, you find yourself successful in some of the smaller challenges. So uh, for large tasks, uh, for large tasks, when you have giants in your life, break it down into some smaller things, get some small wins, get some small early successes, and that will give you confidence when it comes to taking on the giant. So get some wins. Number five, get around uplifting people. The science shows what we naturally expect, what other people say, their feedback about our performance affects our confidence. Other people's feedback about what we do and how well we do it affects our confidence. When the people that we care about the most 
say we're doing a good job. You did a great job. It gives us confidence. It gives us confidence. When the people that we care about say, you're terrible. When you have negative people in your life that are constantly bringing you down, it erodes your confidence in yourself. I don't know how forcefully to say this, but you need to find people in your life to be around that are going to build you up, that are going to encourage you, that are going to speak positivity into your life because it reinforces healthy self-confidence. Now, that doesn't mean you want yes men in your life or yes women in your life who are just always telling you how great you are. No, there needs to be an amount of realism, uh, but that, that, that realism needs to be tempered by a positive outlook. So, so what does this say? Number one, find yourself around other people who are going to be positive influences in your life. Number two, be a positive influence to other people. You can help others build up their self-confidence by being a positive influence in their life. That doesn't mean don't be realistic, but it means couch that realism with positivity. You know, give them positive feedback. Tell them where they did a great job, how well they did, what their skill sets are that are incredible. Share that with the people around you and then give them realism as well. But I think you should maybe think about this, right? Um, So that's something you can do to help other people. But at the same time, you need to find people like that, that you can be around in your own life. You don't want too much good Right? If someone's just constantly telling you good things, you start to maybe, quote unquote, believe the hype right, and think you can do things that are maybe beyond your ability. You want people to challenge you to step forward in incremental steps. That's where you really grow. Number six, use positive language. How you speak to yourself matters. What you say in the internal dialogue. They call it intrapersonal communication. What you say about yourself matters. When you say negative things about yourself, when you speak negativity, when that uh, voice recorder in your mind says things like, you can't do it, you'll never be good enough, everything everyone said about you negatively in the past is true, right? It works against your confidence. And here's the beauty. You can control that narrative. You can be intentional about what you say about yourself. So here's what you can do. Write down 20 positive things. Write them down. And then start to memorize them and rehearse them about yourself. Don't make them unrealistic. Don't make them untrue. That anybody, we can all find positive things and we can say positive things. And eventually, those narratives can start taking over the autopilot narratives that happen. So you need to reprogram your thinking, but using positive language. Number seven, critique your critical thoughts. We all have 
critical and negative thoughts about ourselves. And as I just mentioned, when we have those negative thoughts, they can lead to an erosion in our self-confidence. But what I suggest that you do is you ask yourself why, why that negative thought is and, and kind of examine it. What are you saying about yourself when you say that negative thing or when you think that negative thing. And it would be nice if that whenever we had a negative thought about ourselves, there would be a, a red flash or a light bulb that would go off that would kind of alert us to it. And I think you can kind of train yourself to get to that point where when you start to think negative things about yourself, you can develop an awareness to it. So developing an awareness to when you're having these negative thoughts about yourself, can re- you know, that's the first step. And then you look at those things and say, is that really true? In other words, is what I'm thinking here when I'm thinking this negative thought really true about me? Or is it just something that someone has once said that has no basis in fact, that has no basis in reality? Is it really true? And a lot of times you'll find the negative things that you think or that you believe about yourself aren't really based in fact. It's something that someone once said, maybe a teacher back when you were younger, maybe a parent, maybe a friend, and you lived your whole life based on this negative thought, this negative thing about yourself. Well, you've changed, you've grown, you're different. Even if it once was true, doesn't mean it is true now. And if it is true, then you can at least at that point start thinking about ways to change it, to make it not true anymore. So examine those negative thoughts. Critique them. Ask if they're real. Ask if they're true. And if they are true, then strategize ways to change. And if they're not true, then you can start to say, this isn't true about me. I shouldn't think this anymore. Critique your thoughts. Number eight, improve your appearance. What do I mean by this? How we dress, how we present ourselves, is body language really? It's 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 a form of nonverbal communication. When you dress, you know, there's that that phrase, dress for success, and we say, oh yeah, well that doesn't mean anything, you know, that's just that's just some kind of cliche. Not, not necessarily because the way you present yourself not only communicates to other people, it also communicates something back to you about you. There's something about dressing nice that gives you a little bit of confidence in yourself. When you dress in a particular way, when you improve your appearance, uh, what you wear, when you get fit, I don't know if you've ever gone to the gym or if you've ever started working out, but when you start working out, when you start trying to get in shape, when you start improving your physical fitness, it starts to give you a little bit of confidence about yourself. Uh, so, so find ways, wear nicer clothes at certain times, you know, maybe a little bit more than you used to, uh, go to the gym, work out, get in shape, improve your nutrition. When you eat healthier, you feel better It increases your self-confidence. Number nine is watch your postures and gestures. Now, this is very similar to what we were talking about when we talk about your appearance. Your body language communicates to other people about you. You can tell when people are depressed, 
or the, they're dejected in life. Why? Their shoulders are slumped. Their arms are crossed. Their legs are crossed. They're kind of like curling themselves into the fetal position. Well, when they do that, when a person does that, it communicates to the rest of us that there's something really, they're not confident. There's something going on in their life. But guess what? It also communicates something back to them about themselves. When we curl up into the fetal position, when we allow those feelings to adjust our body language, it reinforces this negative feeling and this negative thought. How do you get out of that? You change your posture. There's research that shows you can improve your self-confidence by changing your posture. And there's a link on our website to a TED Talk that talks about power posing, standing in in certain ways and sitting in certain ways, improving your posture, standing up straight and tall and how that really can, that what it does is it communicates not just something to other people and other audiences who see you standing that way, but it also reinforces a positive communication about yourself back to you. You can change your thoughts by change. In the same way that you can change your physical uh, body by thinking particular ways, by changing your physical body, by changing your posture, you can in turn change your thoughts. So stand up straight, use confident gestures, use power poses. All of these things can help to communicate something back to you about you. Number 10, know what you believe and know why you believe it. And I'm not talking about particular ideologies or whatever, but when you know, when you've researched what you believe and when you've researched why you believe it, it gives you confidence. In other words, when you hear something about something and you go and do the research yourself and you find out what it is and you know why you believe it and you know what it is that you believe, it gives you confidence in yourself that you know what you're doing, that you know where you're going that you know what you believe, that you know why you believe it. Having really well thought out values and beliefs gives you a foundation, a solid foundation in your life that can launch you into other things. If that pad is weak or is easily eroded, Right, It can not only undermine your entire belief structure about the world, but it can also undermine your belief structure about yourself. Now, this doesn't mean you have to have all the answers to every question in life. No one does. And there's a lot of mystery out there. And you can leave room for mystery. And guess what? Every belief system can be countered in some way. If there's one thing I've learned about communication is that there are two sides to every story. But if you know what you believe and you know why you believe it, even if you don't know necessarily that it is entirely 100% true, I know, for example, the beliefs that I have about the world and my worldview, I don't necessarily know that I can prove them with empirical evidence, but I know that there's reasonable reasons. (laughs) That's funny. There's reasonable, um, There's reasonable and ample evidence to believe that my beliefs are true and that what I believe about reality in the world is true. And not everybody believes what I believe, but I believe it and I know why I believe it and I know what it is. And I've got a pretty good way of defending it 
That doesn't mean I'm going to change someone else's position or I'm going to change someone else to my beliefs, but it really helps to give me confidence that I know what I believe, I know why I believe it, and that uh, there are times when doubt come in, of course, but I know deep down that there's good solid reasons for it, I believe. I've done the research, I understand it, and it gives me confidence. So know what you believe, know why you believe it. Number 11, get organized. Chaos is not a good thing when it comes to confidence. And when I talk about chaos, I'm not talking about like create the creative person who, you know, you there's this stereotype of the creative who doesn't have anything in order and who's kind of like floundering through life and will sit down. No. Creative people are very organized in their own way. Organized, detailed people are organized and detailed in their own way. What I'm saying is get organized in your own way and don't live a chaotic life. When you live a chaotic life and nothing seems to be in your control, it's not a good way to live when it comes to self-confidence. When you don't believe you've got anything in your control, that everything is subject, everything's flying up in the air, right? That's not a confidence booster. But when you get things manageable, when you get things organized, when you can understand them, that helps you to have more confidence. So get organized. And I'm, and I'm not talking about whether you're a get things done person or whether you're a Pomodoro person or whether you're a you know, Evernote person or whatever it is that you use to get things organized. Uh, use it, do it, whatever it is, as long as you can feel organized and you can feel confident that you've got things under control and things are manageable. That doesn't mean there's not going to be times in life when things aren't manageable, but that when you have things that are manageable in life, it gives you greater confidence. And then number 12, take some risks. Taking risks can boost your confidence, uh, your confidence. And this is especially true when you succeed, right? When you take a risk and you succeed at it, it gives you greater confidence to do other things, to take even more risks. Um, but even when you don't succeed, depending on how you look at that risk, and when I say take some risks, I mean take some realistic risks, Take some things that, yeah, uh, some risks that, yeah, maybe be a little bit outside of your abilities, but they're realistic. They can be done. And when you fail, depending on how you, that can also be a confidence booster. Why? Because it can, it can reinforce that you're a person who is willing to take risks that you are an adventurer, that you are someone who is getting out there on the edge, right? Just the fact that you took a risk, that you stepped out of your comfort zone can be a success in and of itself, even if you didn't necessarily accomplish it. And if you didn't accomplish that risk, then you can assess it and say, well, why didn't it it happen? Why didn't, why wasn't I successful? And get a realistic perspective, but you can learn so that you can do better the next time. Um, And if you think about it, when you take a risk, there's a realistic risk. There are three options. I'm just talking about a realistic risk. Option one, you succeed. It's a positive. Option two, you partly succeed. Something something happens positive there. And in that, it's a positive also, right? You Why? Because you stepped out, you took a risk, and you were also somewhat successful. The third one is you fail. 
And it's partly negative, right? Because you didn't accomplish what you intended to accomplish. But it's partly positive because you say you can believe something about yourself, that you stepped out, that you did something, that you did something maybe you wouldn't do. It gives you more confidence to be able to do something the next time. Uh, When you take unrealistic risks over and over and over again, right? Unrealistic risks are things that you're most likely going to fail at. And the more failures that you have, uh, the more it hurts your self-confidence. So take realistic risks, step out on the edge. When you're successful, it's a positive. But even when you fail, it can be a positive. So I hope this has been a benefit to you. If you haven't joined our Essential Skills course, I want to encourage you to do that. This week is self-confidence, and there is a resource for you, mindforlife.org. Click on the Start Here tab, and then there's a resource page. So there's some wonderful articles and videos and links there that you can check out that all have to do with self-confidence. And as we go through this course for the next 52 weeks, I'll be updating that on the different essential skills. So we will have some more resources on that page. You can also join us on Facebook. Join the Essential Skills Group community. Click on mindfullifeorg slash 047 and you'll find links to all of those things. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this program today. Appreciate you being here and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.